Hey guys, you're listening to Ears edition of the Science YouTube channel Epistemy. It is now well documented that COVID-19 affects multiple organs, including the brain. In fact, one-third of COVID-19 patients will experience a neurological or psychiatric disorder within six months since being diagnosed with COVID-19. COVID-19 patients may suffer from headaches, have difficulties thinking, dizziness, brain fog, and can sometimes even develop mental disorders like depression and anxiety. Actually, the infamous COVID symptom, loss of smell, is also due to COVID disrupting the proper functioning of the sensory neurons that we have inside our noses. So why do we get all these brain disorders? Is the severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2, also known as SARS-CoV-2, able to enter and damage our brain? Or is there a secondary mechanism from which the brain is harmed? We already know that SARS-CoV-2 uses the ACE2 receptor to enter the cells. And we also know that many types of brain cells express the ACE2 receptor. The question is if the virus can actually reach the brain. You see, the brain is an organ that is relatively isolated from everything else. And it's not that easy for viruses to access it. Here, I'll show you several possible explanations of how the virus enters the brain, according to researchers. The first route is by getting into the bloodstream, going up to our brain and crossing the brain's blood vessel walls. And this is not something that many viruses can do, as there is an extra boundary between the circulating blood and our brain, known as the blood-brain barrier. It's a self-defense mechanism that we have to prevent bacteria and viruses from entering the brain and to allow only certain substances to pass from the bloodstream into the brain. In the case of SARS-CoV-2, it seems like the virus might be able to cross this barrier and infiltrate the brain. In a study published in Nature Neuroscience, researchers injected mice intravenously with spike-1 protein, which is the part of the virus that is able to attach to receptors in cells, and found that the spike protein was able to cross the blood-brain barrier and enter the brain. If this were to happen in humans, the brain is likely to release cytokines that will signal the immune system to gather and protect the brain. This attempt of the immune system to kill the virus would produce inflammation, and researchers believe this could explain why COVID-19 patients are left with brain fog, fatigue, and other cognitive issues. A second potential entry point is through the olfactory sensory neurons and the olfactory nerve. It is believed that once inside a neuron, the virus can basically catch a ride by using our motor proteins to be transported through the axon all the way to the synapse and jump into the next neuron. This is called axonal transport. The virus could also simply move through passive diffusion, which is basically randomly moving until it reaches the end of the axon. Using this method of transport, SARS-CoV-2 could go deep into our central nervous system. This path of entry is supported by a study that looked at the brain of people before and after recovering from COVID-19. They found that many of the brain regions with loss of gray matter were connected to the olfactory and gustatory system, as well as the parahippocampal cortex, a brain region that plays a role in memory and emotion. However, this entry point is unlikely as new research found that our olfactory sensory neurons do not express ACE2 receptors, making it difficult for SARS-CoV-2 to infect this type of cell. Instead, SARS-CoV-2 infects the cells that provide support to the olfactory sensory neurons. In a way, this is actually good news, since this type of support cells can regenerate within weeks. 
sensory neuron function is going to be resumed soon enough and most patients are able to smell again within one to two weeks. So that's a good thing. The third proposed point of entry is through our lungs via pulmonary stretch receptors and into the vagus nerve, which is involved in the control of involuntary processes like heart beating, breathing, blood pressure, hearing, taste, swallowing, and many other body processes. The vagus nerve also connects to the brainstem, which also plays a role in breathing, heart beating, and motor and sensory functions throughout the body. You see where this is going, right? Damage to any of these areas may also affect our heart and our lungs, even when the virus has been eliminated from those organs. While scientists are still debating on whether the virus enters the brain, autopsy studies show that the widespread damage found in the brain does not correlate with the low viral levels that some studies claim to have detected. Take for example a study by researchers from Columbia University. In the study, researchers performed autopsies on 41 patients who died while infected with the SARS-CoV-2 virus. They found widespread hypoxic damage, meaning that the brain was not receiving enough oxygen, causing impairment and gradual death of brain cells. Many brain regions had neurons shrinking and dying, there was formation or remodeling of vessels, and many different types of glial cells were in their active form. These are all common events our brains experience when there is an injury, disease, or infection. The same study found that almost half of the patients had dead tissue across many brain regions like the isocortex, striatum, thalamus, hippocampus, corpus callosum, and brainstem. The brainstem and sometimes the hippocampus had nodules of microglial cells. This is an aggregation of activated microglia cells ready to engulf and eat neurons, showing certain signals. This is commonly seen when there is inflammation of the brain caused by a virus. The damage or death of neurons seen in the brainstem and hippocampus could explain symptoms like memory disturbances, irregular breathing, irregular heartbeats, somnolence, fatigue, and insomnia during and after recovering from COVID-19. So what are these autopsies telling us about how the virus is making us develop all these neurological conditions? The widespread damage found in these autopsies suggests that the brain is being damaged by the lack of oxygen. Our brain needs a lot of oxygen to work properly, and when it's not getting it, then brain cells start to die. And this may lead to patients to experience dizziness, difficulties thinking, fatigue, and other symptoms depending on the brain region damaged. Besides all of these neurological disorders, there are also certain mental disorders like anxiety, depression, and PTSD that some people develop. However, these mental disorders are thought to be caused because of the traumatic experience that it is going through COVID and not a direct effect of the damage in different brain regions. Anxiety, specifically, seems to affect children and young adults the most. And women that just had a baby may not only be affected by anxiety, but are also likely to be affected by depression and distress. Researchers think this could be happening because of job loss, childcare issues, long-term isolation, and many other reasons related to the societal and economical changes caused by COVID-19. With so many different neurological and mental disorders, there is no one treatment to cure them all. And for many of the symptoms, it is too early to tell for how long will they persist. So if you're suffering from a neurological or mental disorder, it is better to visit a specialist to help you treat any brain disorder and alleviate the symptoms. Visiting the doctor will also help them gather more data 
and you will be helping them find more effective treatments. As a final disclaimer, this was by no means an extensive list of all the brain regions or all the neurological disorders associated with COVID-19. Research in this area is evolving fast, and as new research comes out, I'll probably be covering their findings in future videos. If you liked this video, give it a like. It will help me a lot. Thank you so much for watching, stay safe, and see you in the next video.